Latanya Thompson is the Purpose Authority Coach. She guides women through the process of doing the inner work so they are able to rewrite their stories and build themselves up. After working with LaTanya, women are able to develop services and products to help their clients grow because they become aware of their true strengths, power, and purpose. Good evening, good evening, good evening. I am super excited as we continue the conversation on identifying um, domestic violence in the verbal me that's on your neck. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We're going to have a special guest on tonight that's going to talk about domestic violence. And domestic violence has like 19 different forms of it. And so we're going to be focusing on verbal, but we're also going to... One moment, let me connect her. Okay, Valerie, why didn't it let you join? Okay, try again, Valerie. Because when I got ready to allow you to join, it did something different. Okay, there we go. Welcome, Valerie. I'm so excited about tonight. Excited as well. I am. I've been looking forward to this all day long. I literally <laughs> went to bed last night and I thought about the conversation. And what I thought about was, do you remember as a little girl being told um, in the house that what happens in the house stays in the house? Absolutely. <laughs> and so when I, thought, when I thought about this, I was like, wow, I wonder if that plays a part and people not saying anything because we've been, we've been instructed on protecting those that are in our house, whether right. it's right or wrong. Right. And so when I when I thought about it, I was like, I wonder if people still have that same mindset that we're supposed to um, protect those that are in our house and disregard what's happening to us. So. Right. Right. Yes. We're going to start shortly. Um, welcome. Thank everybody for joining. I am Latanya Thompson. I am the Purpose Authority Coach. What I do is I work with people who have actually been a victim of whether it's fit, whether it's personal or professional trauma. And so I help them do the inner healing, rewrite their story, document their process so that before they go on with life, whether it's for a promotion or whether it's to start their own business, that they can rewrite their story, tell it through their own eyes and with their own voice. And so on tonight, I have none other than Valerie C. Thompson. And she's going to be talking about domestic violence. And as we talk about domestic violence, we're going to dive a little deeper and we're going to actually focus on verbal abuse. And so when we talk about verbal, it is so. So here's what I do want to say before we start. It's oftentimes people know that domestic violence takes place in the house. Mm -hmm. And we focus so much on domestic violence and what's going on in the house that we that we ignore what's going on outside the house and so as you're listening please invite people please send your hearts and share because even though the person you know may not be in a domestic violence relationship and dealing with verbal abuse it does not mean that they're not dealing with it outside the home 
especially when it comes to working in the workplace or any other relationship that's not healthy. And if you've gone through something for a very long time, you become immune to it. And when you become immune to it, it becomes like, I'm used to it, it's no big deal. Or you begin to feel like it's part of you, it's what's accepted, you've accepted it all this time. And so I really want you to hear what we're saying tonight. I really want you to be able to identify what verbal abuse is, the warning signs, and how to get help. And so I'm gonna read a short bio of Valerie and then we're gonna dive right on in. Valerie is the founder of On Your Truth Coaching, wherein she helps women dismantle lies, <laughs> own their truth, and walk in it. Valerie was created to encourage, inspire, and uplift people wherever she's planted. She believes all people were designed to heal from the inside out, walk in freedom, and share their gifts and talents with the world. She always, and I do mean always, displayed compassion for people and has been titled Valerie the Encourager. Um, and I want to just put a pause right there because no matter what Valerie's going through in her personal life and her in her marriage and her ministry, she will always have a word to encourage. And I think the reason why it's so easy for her to encourage, she has learned and tapped into how to encourage herself. On top of all that she's doing and excelling, Valerie is also working on her master in psychology. Um, she believes we all have the power to visualize and manifest the life we crave because we are fearfully and wonderfully made to live in abundance, prosperity, and overflow. Amen. So at this time, I'm going to have Valerie um, share a little about what domestic violence is. If we could start with that, and then we'll dive a little deeper. Thank you. Thank you, LaTanya. And you. welcome, everyone. I am happy to be here. So domestic violence is a pattern of behaviors used usually by one partner to maintain power and control over another partner in an intimate relationship. There's no discrimination as it relates to race, religion, gender, or socioeconomic status. And it doesn't matter if you're married, if you're dating this person, or if you're living together. Um, and, and, and some of the warning signs, well, let me back up a little bit. Domestic violence can come in the form of physical, sexual, emotional, financial, mm -hmm. and verbal. And, and there are some more, even um, social media, right? So I know tonight we're gonna talk more about the, the verbal part of domestic violence. Um, and so some, uh, do you want me to kind of talk about some of the warning signs right now or so, uh, verbal? Uh, yeah, let's talk about the, the warning signs of it so that they know what to look out for. And if you don't, grab a piece of paper, begin to take notes, because this is some life-changing information. And even though you may not be experiencing verbal abuse, you need to know what to look out for so that if you come in contact with someone that is, and again, a lot of times people are experiencing it, and because the person is that way, they assume that it's normal. I don't know about you, but I have people in my life who are not healthy mentally and emotionally. Right. And one of the things that I remember early on in the relationship before I began to set boundaries is we would say things like, that's just who they are, you know, and we would accept their abnormal behavior as normal. 
and we began to tolerate things that were not normal or not, not healthy. And so I want you to begin to really identify what verbal abuse is because you may have been someone who has either verbally abused someone and you could be verbally abused. Again, domestic violence is only saying that it happens in the house, but listen more to what it is versus where it happens. Because if you're working for an employer, you may be verbally abused, right? If you have a friend, you may be verbally abused and you may have downplayed it and watered it, but I need you to know what the warning signs are and then what to do with what you know. Okay, Valerie? Right, yes. So the warning signs of verbal abuse, and, and, I'm, and so I'm gonna start with perhaps when, you're, when, you're, when you meet someone, right? And, and you're dating them, you would, you would notice they're involved with you in a fast pace. Like, yeah. like it's too good to be true. Like he's perfect. <laughs> um, manipulation in the beginning of the relationship, checking up on you in the beginning of the relationship, mm -hmm. controlling behavior, which is disguised as concern, mm -hmm. uh, blaming, blaming others in the relationship. So they could, you could be going through something, but it's never his fault. It's always yours or someone else's. Uh, they're usually easily insulted and disrespects you and your boundaries like there's no privacy mm -hmm. and, and and again these are these are the early uh warning signs of verbal relationship and i'm speaking that i went through so i can totally identify with that okay and so let's talk let's go a little deeper um not so much with verbal abuse but with what you actually experience in the relationship you don't have to disclose the person name, but just some of the things you've already mentioned the warning signs, but like the warning signs you experienced, um, when did it start? And then uses or stories that you tell yourself in order not to leave the relationship immediately. Wow, that's good. So the reality is in any relationship, you're going to have disagreements, you, you may argue. And so for me, um, remembering getting into heated conversations and, mm -hmm. and before I knew it, there were name calling and I'm talking about the kind that hit below the belt. Mm. That's verbal abuse. So anything that insults you, um, it makes, makes you feel threatened. Yes. Um, it, it speaks to you in a, in a, in a way like it's not you. So insults, criticism. And so I remember we would go back and forth. Yes. And what God showed me as I continued to do it was I was just repeating what I'd learned from my childhood, mm -hmm. not necessarily my parents calling me names, but my parents calling each other names. So that's what I repeated in my marriage. Okay. So the very first time that you saw the warning sign, what was the story that you told yourself? That I told you not to leave immediately. Right. Well, I told myself that it was normal. Okay. Because of what I experienced as a child. Okay. Uh, so it, it, if it's familiar, then that it's familiar, right? You don't okay. tend to do anything unfamiliar because this is what you know. This is what you've seen. So that, that was the pattern for me. It was normal because guess what? Other people were doing it too. Let's talk about the word normal. And the reason why I said let's talk about it is... I know for me, there are certain words that I've heard over and over again. And because I've heard them and I've become familiar with them or they become normal, they don't have the same sting. Um, they don't have the same power. It doesn't hurt as much. And so since it was something that was normal or familiar to you, 
when he said it, did it hurt as much as it would have hurt it or impact you had it been something that you were not used to? I, I, honestly, I don't remember it hurting. Okay. I remember it. So I remember receiving it, but knowing it wasn't true. But guess what? I retaliated with the same words, <laughs> not worse. <laughs> If that makes sense, like it's not okay, and I knew it wasn't okay, and I knew that who that wasn't who I was. However, getting caught up in it, going back and forth, um, it it didn't it didn't. I don't remember it hurting me. Okay, I I stayed in it because again, it's something that I knew, and it was like, oh, it'll get better. Yes. Okay. He'll change. So, if you guys have questions, please post your questions. Um, continue to give us hearts, continue to invite people to join us. And so the reason why I want to talk about and go deeper with, again, I, I heard what you said. Um, how do you feel like it impacted you and your response? So we know that you responded with words as well. Do you think that you became more violent um, or more of a fighter because in your mind you were not going to be or become what somebody else in the household was. So there was a fight already in you that made it not a fair fight for anyone calling you out of your name or doing verbal abuse? Oh, for sure. <laughs> yes, definitely a fight. Okay. Um, I, I am a fighter. So not only was I fighting spiritually, but I was definitely fighting physically. Okay. I was because it, it was it was to the point of well, you're not going to call me out of my name. So I I'll, I've said this before, but in the relationship, I was the physical aggressor. Okay. So it made me fight physically, but also spiritually, and of course, fighting more spiritually because I had to start reciting uh, scriptures over my life. Like, wh who does God say I am? You know, I had mm -hmm. to combat it with that. So it, it had to go deeper. And that's what God began to show me. Um, he can call you the names. Doesn't mean you have to call him names back. The other thing nice. that God showed me was that we were both children who were hurt in an yes. adult body. And I couldn't blame it on him. I had mm -hmm. to turn inward and look at myself. So when I began to do that, I understood that. Start okay. I'm going to ask another question. Um, one of the things we talked about earlier is that your mother was a that wasn't healthy. And so some of the stuff that you went through as an adult, it was already familiar or normal. Correct. I want you to speak to the parent, the woman, who is in a verbal domestic relationship who feels like he's not physically hitting me or I can tolerate the words because I'm familiar with it or that I retaliate and I speak up for myself. So it's, I'm fighting back with my words. I'm not just quiet. And I want you to speak to how it impacts a child. Because oftentimes we'll say, as adult, I can handle it. As adult, I have this, right? As adult, you know, I'm bigger than this, or it's no big deal. But oftentimes we don't think about the innocent child who is sitting and watching and hearing Right. And the impact that it has on them and what they can handle and tolerate. And so even though we may not have the strength to leave right now for ourselves, right. I'm thinking about, and this is not to put guilt or shame on anybody, and I'm not judging, but I do want to take in consideration 
the little kid that's inside of us, right? As well as the little child that lives outside of us. Like what words mm. would you give them that could save an innocent child from going down this road that's not necessary? Mm. Oh, that's so good, Latanya. Honestly, if 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 the if if two people can't come together and get counseling to correct the the situation, I would always, when I look back, suggest for the child mm -hmm. getting out of the relationship until two people are healthy. And I say that because I don't think that people understand the impact that the child has that's on the child. I always say uh, child interrupted because mm -hmm. the child is absorbing and observing. The child doesn't know what what they're taking in right like mm -hmm. you don't know what you don't know until you know it so as you become an adult of course you're going to go through the same thing but to the mother that may be experiencing this right now i i would say if 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 your mate is not willing to go to counseling and get therapy and help to correct the wrong then you have to protect that child because let me tell you what i didn't know back then was domestic violence was definitely a reason for child protective services to come into the home. Mm. They never did. And I don't think people understand that uh, domestic violence in, in many forms can lead to your child being in foster care. So that's number one. Mm. And, and, and that would be far worse. So understanding that if you cannot get the counseling and or therapy together as a couple, if you have a place to go, I would suggest that because it's not okay for the child to sit in it. It's not because mm -hmm. history repeats itself. This is good. And I thank God. I, I say this because I thank God that my brother and I never ended up in foster care. I thank God that my children never ended up in foster care. So I know God's hand of, hand of protection was over yes. us. But when I look at my children now and I have prayed over them, there are some things that I do realize that they've gone through. Um, and even as it relates to name calling as children, I mm -hmm. hear them and I know that my husband and I impacted them. Right. Mm -hmm. So therapy, if you're not willing, if you're not in a situation where you can leave, I would definitely suggest therapy, whether, okay. whether you leave or you don't therapy for your child, for you, it's necessary. Okay. This is, this is good. And one of the things that you said, and when you said it, I was like, oh, you said interrupt, right? right. And so we know what an interruption is. Um, can you just go up deeper with that? Like to let people really understand what has happened when you say that you interrupt the child's childhood, they're innocent, like it's interrupted by something outside of them and how that impacts them. Like we know but if you can go deeper with just that interrupt and the reason why you use the word interrupt versus any other word. <laughs> so I, I look back, I often look back at childhood pictures and, and I look at myself and I'm like, that's a child interrupted. So for me, I think about sitting there. Okay. Listening. Yes. Going with my mother while she dug in the car looking for proof of maybe my dad cheating. <laughs> that's a child interrupted. Um, 
standing there when they would argue and maybe some objects were thrown across the room. That's a child interrupted because now this child, as a child, I've never been worried for my mother. So mm -hmm. now you're taking on other things, right? Like as a child, I don't need to be worried. I, I shouldn't have been worried for my mother. Um, so many things. So you don't enjoy your childhood the way other children do because when you are in domestic violence, there are just other things that come into the relationship that come into your childhood. And I, and I, I believe because they were, because they didn't understand or didn't know, mm -hmm. there were things that creeped into my life that may not have had they mm -hmm. been healthy. Mm. So child interrupted. Uh, I, I'm very transparent because as I look back, I remember, um, and again, don't like I lo loved my parents dearly. They're, they're both deceased, and I thank God for them because again, you 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 do what you know how to do. Right. However, as an adult, I had to go back and do do a little soul searching and understanding. Um, there were things that happened because the relationship, their relationship wasn't healthy. And, and it showed in my presence, it showed in my face. So as I remember looking back at pictures, <laughs> that was a child interrupted. <laughs> yes, yes, I, I totally get it and understand. And for those who are just joining us, we're talking about domestic violence and we're focusing on the verbal knee that's on your neck. And so the reason we're having this conversation, as many of you know, um, the incident that took place with George Floyd. And so as I began to watch that, I wanted to go deeper about other things that's going on in the world that people may not be, may not have knowledge or information about. And so the question I originally asked is, you know, what can we do? And when I started to ask, what can we do? I knew that I would have to get the buy-in, the input of other people. And I would have to wait for us to come into agreement and be on the same page. And I didn't have time to wait. And so what I did is I asked another question. And this time, instead of saying we, I asked the question, what can I do? And so I want to bring awareness. And the reason why we're talking about domestic violence and focusing on verbal abuse is I feel like it's really important for us to know when we're not in a healthy relationship, as well as to know the innocent people that are impacted by it. So one of the things we've already talked and discussed about tonight is children, right? and the impact that it has on children and how it becomes a generational curse because it goes on from one generation to another generation. And we believe because they're not in the room that they don't hear it and they're not visualizing what's taking place and that it's not fear and anger on the inside of them and that it's going to impact them. And so if we could be accountable to ourselves and say, am I in a relationship that's verbally abusive? Have I displayed these behavior that are not normal in front of my children because I wasn't aware of how it would impact them. And have I placed a, have I placed a knee on my child's neck, right? Oh, yeah. And I want to say this, and then I'm going to ask Valerie another question. Also be mindful of how you talk to your children because hurt people hurt people. Yes. And so if you're being verbally abused, and you're mad because the other person is not is not supporting you in the way that you want to be supported. And you're angry about everything that's going on in life. And it has nothing to do with your children. It's very important that you don't take your anger and display it in this child's life and begin to speak harsh words on this child. That you don't tell this child that you're just like your dad. You're just like your mom. You will never amount to anything. You'll be 
pregnant at 16, you will drop out of school or, you know, don't speak this over your child's life. Don't speak negative over there. Don't yell at them. Don't cuss at them. And right. you're like, well, my mama did it. Well, it hurted you and it impacted you. It wasn't helpful. And so I want to make sure that we, as a woman, <laughs> are not placing our knee in our children's neck and uh -huh. that we're not verbally abusing them and tearing them down when the world is already doing it. Okay? So right. make sure you're not on either end of the spectrum. You're not being verbally abused and that you're also not verbally abusing. That's very important, right? Be mindful of what you say. And you know you're out of line if that child would ever repeat what you said to a teacher, to another adult. And here's what I want you to imagine. Imagine that child growing up and being the president or the CEO of a Fortune 500 company. Would you ever want it to be revealed how you talk to that child? Mm. Would you right. ever want it to be published in a book? <laughs> would you ever want it to be shared on a stage? Would you ever want it to be part of your child's testimony or would you be embarrassed by the words you go to your child? You can't help it because you don't talk to your boss like that. Mm. You don't talk to your spouse like that. You don't go into the church and talk like that. You can't control it. We choose not to control it because we feel like it will be accepted and that we have power and control over the person that we're talking to in that manner. Right. Okay. That's good. Talk about it. Okay. Yes. Again, if you guys have any questions, please post them because I'm going to be reading the question. Continue to give us some hearts. Continue to invite people to share. So, Valerie, is there, so with this group of people, we don't know who's all here and we don't know where they are or who they're connected to. What is some additional information that you would like to share? If you, if you are, so as, so of course, as it relates to children, mm -hmm. I, yes, speak life over your children. That's, yeah. that's first and foremost, take into consideration that they will be impacted. Even if you think you don't see the signs, mm -hmm. um, I believe children are impacted by going to bed. They're impacted perhaps by staying up late, you know, or overeating or overcompensating in some areas. So you have to be really in tune uh, with that, but don't think that they don't know what's going on. Mm -hmm. It's as, as the adult, as the parent, we need to really um, come to a place of not being selfish because it's not about us when we have children. Mm -hmm. that, that's first and foremost. And also engaging in therapy. I think for African-Americans, sometimes we don't do that. There are so many programs out there uh, to help us when we are going through um, support groups. I would, I would encourage that. Um, I know for me, and this is also something I've shared, journaling. Mm. I journaled. I always say that that was my therapy because I knew that that was the spirit of God speaking to me, in me, and through me. J journaling kept me mm. um, in a place of peace. It allowed the, those hurt emotions to heal. I literally watched my um, negativity and low self-esteem go to positivity. Um, and it was only God because the one thing about coming from any abusive relationship mm -hmm. You're, you doubt yourself. Yes. You have low self-esteem. You have low self-worth. But not only you, but your children do too.
that you speak life over yes. yourself daily. Um, I dug deep to find every scripture that I could to um, encourage me or daily affirmations. Yes. And I wouldn't engage so much with the abuser if you if you have that, like if you can control your tongue, control your tongue. Because it, nine times out of 10, it doesn't get better, it gets worse. Yes. So um, you definitely have to have a spiritual anchor, I feel, in order to see what you don't see in order to keep your faith and, and change that environment if you're not able to leave. Yes. I love journaling. I feel like it's safe because you're not being judged. Um, you don't have to share it and you can share your truth. Um, it's also a different way to process it. So it's different than just typing where you're typing and you're not fully processing. Like writing taps into another area of your brain. Um, and it is healing to be able to release it, especially when you can't give it a voice. Right. I know when I went through my grieving process as the result of losing family members, there was times where I couldn't talk, right? Like I just, I didn't have it to talk, but I could text um, as a form of communication and allow me to get it out and to express myself. So sometimes when we're in this place, we can feel like I'm embarrassed. I feel guilt. I feel shame. Um, I don't want to be judged. And so you don't feel, so you don't have it in you to write or to, I mean, to, to say it, mm -hmm. this is the perfect time to like write it. Even if you write it, ball it up, tear it up, whatever you have to do, at least have a safe way of getting it out. What are some other self-care things that you do, Valerie, to take care of yourself um, just in general? Uh, because of, I believe because of what I come from, I make time, I love to go inward. So again, the journaling, the um, picking up all kinds of books. I love to read. So, so reading for me, self, self-care books. Um, uh, I would say taking, I, love, I call them spiritual baths. I okay. love to take time because we're, we're, we're so busy, you know, people yeah. are rushing and people are always taking showers. So I love to run some bath water burn incense and candles yes. that's that's self-care to me and and put on some music and really like sit in the bathtub like that's good to me yes. um i love spending time by myself uh i feel like we should do that every day so for me i get up early okay i make sure that i'm up and i'm either i'm reading i'm writing and i'm sitting because i think that mm -hmm. practicing mindfulness and yes. also visualization is good, especially when you are in an environment that you may not be happy in. Mm. Um, and, and I say that because visualization really did, uh, it really allowed me to see myself somewhere else before I was there. Mm. I had to visualize what I knew God desired for my life before I actually got there. So yeah. it's important to take care of yourself. You have to love on yourself. There's not, there's not enough love we can give ourselves. That's how I look at it. So, you know, mindfulness, journaling, spending time with you, whether it's sitting outside, mother nature is a good healer. Yeah. Um, just understanding that God created you on purpose and purpose for his beautiful purpose. And knowing that, even looking in the mirror saying, I'm beautiful, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Mm. Those are things that I've done. Those are things that I still do. Mm. So well, as we talk about this, um, 
I know I'm going back and forth, but I want them to have those tips. Do you think that value, worth, self-esteem, confidence plays a part um, in being in a verbal abuse relationship? And Because someone who's abuser doesn't abuse everyone. Oh, oh that's good. <laughs> You're right. Uh oh, it was cutting in and out. But you are you are correct. So then, seeing that's a whole that's a whole nother show. <laughs> you are correct. The per the abuser doesn't abuse everyone. So then you're like, well, what's going on? Why 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 am I getting all of this right? Mm -hmm. Um, and and again, I believe that's another show because I think that has a lot to do with being a narcissist. <laughs> so so keep the hearts coming if you want Valerie to come back for part two. <laughs> It's it's so much, but you, you we've all heard the saying you you attract who you are, right? Yes. You attract who you are. So I yes. I remember thinking, well, is there a sign on the back of my back that says I'm toxic? Are you? <laughs> Let's get together. <laughs> um. So in the in the verbally abusive relationship, yeah, yeah. you 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 do feel a sense of low self esteem, low self esteem, self worth, value. You feel that because at some point you might begin to think that it's true, mm. especially when you can't find your way out. Mm. You That's know, it. you can think, well, be, again, because my parents or my grandparents or my auntie, people that are close to you, you've seen it. So you might think, well, I, I deserve it or this is how it's supposed to be. And yes. even, oh, even if, when you're in the church, and, and, and we don't talk about that. People don't talk about it in the church. But And I say that because it makes me think of the help not being there in the church. But here's a scripture. Well, a scripture doesn't, it means a lot. But when you are going through, you, need to, that, you need to break that down or give me some real life testimony so I can have some hope. Because I can read a scripture, but yes. guess what? That's, that may not help me when we leave church. Right. <laughs> You know, right. when we get back home, because that's something else. <laughs> Say that, right? It's not going to take away the pain in my leg. Right, the music, right. The black eyes. Right. The that, that, that's your like, helping right now. Right. I've been praying. <laughs> that don't stop the punches from coming, right? That is so true and so... And the reason why I wanted to ask the question is, so here's something else. I feel like anytime... So here's what we always say in church. I'm not sure if they still say it, but at one point they did. You would often hear people say, I ain't broken. It didn't break me, right? <laughs> right. And so we got so caught up in I'm not broken. And it was when I was in a relationship and something happened, right? And I was like, well, I'm not broken, but I am cracked. Mm. And we don't want to talk about the cracks, Right. But we need to understand what a crack is and that there could be multiple cracks. And so when you understand what a crack is and the danger that it has, right? Because you can have a crack and a crack can, it could get bigger. That crack could cause something to shatter, right? And we ignore it. And so it's important that we understand the cracks that we have, right? Because it's the cracks in our lives that invite these things in. Right. And until we heal totally, 
Because if we're verbally abu- if we're being verbally abused, we're gonna go from one relationship to another relationship. Right. And so even though you're being abused at home, I'm sure you're being abused outside the house. These are the people that in corporate America, these are the people that you're probably being corporate bully. You're being picked on. You're being harassed because every bully needs a victim and every victim needs a bully. So right. it's important that once we start doing the work, that we complete the work so that we mm. can get to the core of what's going on. And right. though you're not broken, you could begin to deal with the cracks in your life that are attracting people in your life that you no longer desire to have in your lives. So Valerie, somebody just typed the question and said, what was your turning point? <laughs> I've seen that. For for me, I, I got to the point of, I knew that God had something better for me. Like it was like, I can't do this. And I knew that I was not going to relive my childhood and it's not fair. It wasn't gonna be fair for my children to relive yes. my childhood. And I knew that someone had to stop this because this is a generational curse and stronghold. That was a turning point for me. And again, just filling myself with all things positive. I knew that this was not the life that God had called me to live, period. Um, And it took me a while. I'm not saying it happened overnight. Of course it didn't. (laughs) It didn't happen overnight. But let me tell you, each time that I got a revelation, I grew stronger and knew that I had to set boundaries. I knew that I had to stand up in my power. I knew that I could speak to the spirit that was on him, which was a childlike spirit. Mm-hmm. That's good. I'm gonna ask another question, Valerie. Um, so we're talking about like, what was your turning point, right? And often I've heard, so it's easy for someone to give advice when they're not in it, right? You know. <laughs> Because it's, it's different, right? right? And so I'm not in it right now. And neither are you. But And oftentimes I hear people say that someone who's in a domestic violence relationship, right? They typically leave six or seven times. Can, can you talk about, like, what are some of the reasons that they return, right? Just so that people understand that we're not quick to judge. And we're, saying, we're not going to support them because you went back last time. And we don't know why they're going back. Mm. Um, and it's easier said than done, right? Because there still may be a need that needs to be met. Um, right. And so there's still a story that they're telling, right? And right. so if we can just talk about, like, what are some of the reasons that a person would go back after leaving and being in a safe place to a place that that's not safe or not healthy? Right. So I can definitely speak to that because I was that one. Mm-hmm. So what I know is each time that I left, mm-hmm. I told myself that, I, first of all, that I, it was time to go. I was ready to leave. Mm-hmm. However, when you are in a domestic violence relationship, mm-hmm. the abuser is very, the, the abuser knows how to manipulate. That's number one. Mm-hmm. And, and, and knows the right words to say so that you begin to doubt even why you left. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, well, maybe I'm crazy. Mm-hmm. So people return because of their children. Okay. They return because of finances. Mm-hmm. They return because they do believe they cannot make it on their own. They return for religious reasons because once again, um, it goes back to 
well, I'm married till death do us part, uh, the good, the bad, you know, well, okay. If it, you know, sometimes you got to go though. So, <laughs> um, and for, and for, and for many other reasons, because at the end of the day, you are in love with that person. You're in love mm. with them sometime, right? So yeah. you, you want it to work because what I've always heard is, and, and from my experience, it's not all bad. It's not 100% bad. So you're going to hook on to the good and you're going to believe because we know how to pray. We know how to believe by faith. But guess what? Sometime it, it just ain't right. <laughs> but those are the reasons why I returned and those are the reasons why people return. Because also, I feel like each time that you go, unless you're the one that can go and stay, but most of the time people come back. Each time you go, you 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 should grow in strength and power. And I feel like every time that I left, I grew in strength. I grew in power. I began to stand up in my identity. So that goes. That speaks to dismantling the lies. The truth is. We are not called to be in unhealthy relationships. The truth is, we are called to to be to 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 love one another. We are called to respect one another. Yes. You know, the truth is, I am not my parents. The truth mm -hmm. is, my children and my grandchildren and generations to come are not going to go through that. What I'm yes. The truth is, I am because God is the great I am. Right. So you yes. have to begin to know who you are and whose you are. And I feel like like that's owning your truth, and that means. We will never repeat yes. <laughs> that craziness. <laughs> this is good. Um, and I'm thinking about the time when I was in a domestic violence relationship. And I'm going to say, to me, we didn't live together, but we were boyfriend and girlfriend. And we stayed, I spent the night at his house um, on an ongoing basis. And it started off verbally. Um, and at and like you said, Valerie, when we first started, it was like I got all the attention. I was going out to eat. It was a nice gift. Um, he was very into me. And then, like you said, it's like the stalking, like where you at, calm. It's like, oh, he's concerned. And then it turned unhealthy. Um, right. And then it was like, so why did I say after the first time he did it? It was like, I'm sorry. I'm never going to do it again. I love you. Please don't leave me. Blah, blah, blah. And my turning point was um, when he hit me in my eye and bust my eye vessel and I couldn't hide it. See, everything else I could hide and cover up, but right. when I couldn't hide and cover up what was going on, I made up in my mind that time, I'm going to the police department because I can't cover it up. I can't deny it. See, when I could no longer deny what was going on right. and it was obvious and you had left a mark that I couldn't hide and I had, so I had been in other relationships and here's a part when we become familiar with something we assume that like for a long time here's the craziest thing i didn't think i was in a domestic violence relationship because right. my definition of domestic violence was you was getting beat up beat down black eyes broken ribs i mean you're it was you was getting knocked out teeth knocked out i mean you was being drugged and kicked and all and i was like I'm not doing all that. Right. Because there's not mark proof or evidence. You got to come to the place where you say enough is enough. This is my enough. This is my turning point. You got to know, like, I'm here. I'm done. Like when my when my child sees it, I'm done. 
When you yell at my child, I'm done. When you cuss me out in front of my mama, I'm done. When you physically hit me, I'm done. And I'm saying that to say, had he not left a mark evidence, I'm not sure how long I would have stayed. Right? Um, because he did, I mean, because it was like he hit me, he apologized, and then the gifts get bigger, right? And then it's like all this stuff to prove his his love. And I remember when I talked to the police officer after they arrested him, because I went and I was kind of petty. I went and I went to the police department and I showed them a picture. I gave an address. I gave license plates. I gave social security number. I gave a place where he worked. I gave like I went in there and said I want to charge this charge, this charge, this charge, this charge. Like I went in there intentional. I had enough information and evidence that they was like whether you show up to court or not the DA can press charges. And I remember when they arrested him, because they said, when we when we arrest him, we'll let you know. The police officer called me and he said, most of the time, when a woman calls, we think that she's exaggerating. He said, but he will really kill you. He's crazy. And I've had a conversation with him afterwards, because this happened in my early 20s. Um, and so I told him what the police officer said. And he said, I wouldn't have killed you. I loved you. And I said, but it was escalating. And because you loved me so much, you couldn't control it. And it was becoming where it wasn't healthy. And here's one thing. His mother is not living. But I remember her calling me. How she got my number, I do not know. Mm. And I have so much respect for her. Mm. She said, he's my son. And he's my only son, but I'm a woman first. She said, do what you got to do. And I support you. Because he shouldn't have put his hands on you. And for me, that was huge. That was his mother saying, mm. I am his mother. But because I'm a woman first, I support and back you. And I want you to know that. And he had no idea she called. But for me, it meant a lot to be like, I got you. Mm -hmm. And then she said, I don't know why he would do that because his father was abusive. And he knew what it, he knows, he knows better. But because he had unresolved issue, because he hadn't dealt with his own anger, because he didn't know how to love a woman and he was only doing what his daddy did, he began to play out and to act out. And his way of saying, I love you was, I'm going to hurt you. And the deeper his love for me became, the more insecure he became about me leaving. And he said, mm -hmm. it was like, he said, it was like, he said, I can't explain it. He said, I was in love with you and I loved you so much. I fear losing you. And that drove me crazy and caused me to act the way that I did. And so I'm saying that to say that I'm not just interviewing Valerie. <laughs> I've been the Valerie. So when I come on here, I'm not judging you. I'm not making you wrong. I'm not saying anything to make you feel less than a woman because I was there. And it is hard to leave when you're in love. And then there's one thing I want to talk about, the word hope. 
right? Because a part of you hopes yeah. Yeah. this is the last time. A part of you hopes he, you mean it when you say that you'll never hit me again. And because you have hope, it's hard to let go. It's hard to let go and give up on something when you believe in it. And it's not until you say, you know what? It's not going to get no better. Mm -hmm. I don't have no more hope for this relationship. I don't have no more hope that you'll never put your hands on me. I don't have no more hope that you will ever get any help. I don't have no more hope that you will never stop calling me out on my name. And so because I have no more hope, I can walk away. Amen. It's something about the word hope. Think about it, you guys. We have people that could be in the same situation, but one takes their life and the other one doesn't. And you'll say, well, why did they go back? They had hope. And so whenever you have hope in a situation, it's not until you let go of that hope that you'll be able to walk away and not look back. And though you love them, we need you to love you more than you love them. Amen. Yes. Yes, that's good. That's that's the truth. <laughs> Valley, what is the yeah. impact of staying in a verbal abusive relationship, whether the relationship is short term or long term? The longer you stay in it, the more you doubt yourself, the more you doubt who you are. You you some people may even experience anxiety and honestly I think I did experience a little anxiety and depression um mm -hmm. and again you don't you don't even know it like you you know something's off but you don't know because if you're not going mm -hmm. to seek therapy you just know something 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 just ain't right but that's what happens um and I, and I do believe depending on how severe it is and depending on if this is something you endured as a child, meaning like your parents called you out of your name and you mm -hmm. left that relationship to get into this one, you know, because it's also about what are you saying to yourself? Mm -hmm. like, what are you saying when you're sitting still and quiet? Have you taken on those lies? So that, that, that really was, uh, that's, that's an impact, but, but that's why it's so important for women who experience this to, flood their mindset with positivity, with affirmations, because yeah. that's what it is. What do you hear when you are quiet? Ooh. What are those voices? What are those thoughts? What are those words that you're hearing when you're yeah. quiet? Ooh, that's good. That, that, that's good. That because if that's repeating, that's good. the more it repeats, then that's what you believe, right? Yes. So, I had to get to a place of, and even now, like I have an app on my phone. I have something that comes on my phone daily. Like it's, it tells me every day what I say it out loud. Yeah. I always repeat it. it, it you you got to change your music. <laughs> you got to change the conversations you're having again with yes. yourself and with other people. You have to change the shows you're watching because you begin to believe what the other person has said about you. If you don't know, I feel like if you don't know God's word over your life. That, okay, we got to go back. We got we to go back now. We, we got to go back. You can't just drop a nugget and keep going on like you didn't just hear the boom blow up on us. When you said, like, 
when you're sitting by yourself, like, what are you saying to yourself? Right. Like, can we just be honest? Mm-hmm. Can we just can we just be honest? Can we take off our mask? Can we not care who's on here and what they think? Can I'm not even gonna ask you what you said, but if you have ever said anything negative about yourself or spoke harsh about yourself, just say me too. Just post me too. You don't even have to say what it is. I just want you to know as a woman, you are not alone. Sometimes we are so hard on ourselves we're not even aware of it i i would never hunty let somebody talk to me the way i have Mm. like i mean you can do all these things and it could be a 10 and you forget to do one thing or you mess up or you can't be there for somebody or you're tired you don't have the bandwidth and the way that you talk to yourself like, like the way you talk to yourself right. as if it's okay. Th- th- those affirmations, those affirmations. I mean, because imagine if you're talking to yourself and and you're saying these things. When someone else says it, it's normal. It's familiar. Right. Right. We talked about people being in a domestic violence relationship and the and the abuse being verbal because someone else is verbally abusing you i think the question we need to ask valerie is is they in a verbal abusive relationship with themselves that <laughs> you that's it right but but stop but see that's just it when you are in it right when you're in it you gotta stop and you have to say it ain't always the other person. I don't really care how. Well, I do care. But how, so the relationship could be at its worst. Right. But at some point, you got to look at yourself because it's time that you heal. Like I had to, I could blame him all day and night. But right. at some point, God was like, okay, sweetie. You got to take responsibility. <laughs> you got to, you got to turn in and you need to heal. And the more that I did that, the more that I focused I didn't really care what came out of his mouth because I knew who I was and I knew whose I was. Mm. And, and, and that's when the shift really happens because at the end of the day, again, whether you choose to stay or go, if you have children with this person, you're, you're going to be in contact unless it's just something so physical, you know, like it's life threatening, like you can't be in contact with them. But if you are in a relationship with someone who has abused you or currently in that relationship, the the shift really changes when you begin to believe who you are. Yes. (laughs) When you have dismantled the lies and again, owned your truth. Who does God say you are? You are fearfully and wonderfully made. Absolutely no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Greater is he who is in you than he who is in this world. For I know the plans that I have for you, plans to prosper you, plans not to harm you, plans to give you a hope for a future, right? Yes. You were created while you were yet in your mother's womb. So yes. there is something greater out there for you. Like you, once you, once I believe that, I'm like, you can't talk to me like that. Do you know say that? <laughs> say that. But I also had to say, I can't talk to you like that. Because mm. it's not okay. It's not. Because again, 
my children. And, 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 and I'm saying this and I'm not, again, I'm not saying it happened overnight. It's, it, it, it was a process. It still is a process, <laughs> but I am thankful. I am not who I was. It's yes. a process. But once you begin to set boundaries yes. and stay firm, because again, in these types, uh, uh, in these relationships, the manipulation is always there. Ooh. So your yes to like, you know, you say yes, or you say no, whatever you say, there's always a manipulation in there. You have to be firm. You have to set boundaries. You have to know who you are. Mm. And the more that you focus on loving you, taking care of you, because also when you're in a relationship like that, it's, it's a lot of um, mind games, um, mm. you know, the mental, the psychological, emotional, so many games are being played, but <laughs> God definitely gives you clarity. Yes. God gives you good. clarity. You, you, I mean, you just, you just dropping it. You just, you dropping it. Let's talk about, cause we talked about like talking, how we talk to ourselves. Right. right. And we know that life and death is in the power of the tongue. Yes. Yes. And so since we had already brought up the word of God, we had already brought up prayer. <laughs> We're talking to believers. Um, one of the things that came up for me is, like, what are we saying? And have we spoke a lot of what we're going through into existence? And Ooh. so if we're going to speak faith, let's speak faith. Right. Right? Because it's easy to say, well, he this or she this or they going to do right. this or that. We got to be mindful of what we're speaking out of our mouth. If right. life and death is in the power of the tongue, what are you speaking out of your mouth? Don't speak what you see in the natural. Speak what you see in the spirit realm yes. so that it manifests in the natural. Because a lot of times we try to be God, play God, and fix it only to make the situation worse. We yes. got to be careful. Right. And I, and I remember being in, I remember being in worship. And I remember being in worship. And I remember like totally surrendering. And I remember saying, um, I'm taking my hands off of it, right? And I stood back. And then I said, and I'm taking my mouth off of it. Mm. Right? Because sometimes our hands is not on it, but our mouth is on it. Yeah. And God needs us to stand back and allow us and allow him to be God. So if you're in a marriage, right, we're not saying not to do the things that you need to do in the natural, but we are saying be mindful of what you're saying out of your mouth, what you are believing and confessing, and that if you're going to stand in faith whilst you get the help, make sure that what you're speaking over your husband or your wife lines up with the word of God. Yes. Don't be calling him out his name. Don't be calling her out her name. Use right. wisdom. And one thing I do want to say, and then I'm going to hand it back over to Valerie, is um, and I've learned this, right? Like being in relationships. And I remember being in this relationship with this guy. When I say like, I haven't dated a lot of people, but I'm giving you like my whole life. <laughs> um, I remember <laughs> dating this guy and I, I was mature, right? So I was starting to learn myself and how to communicate. And I knew what type of person he was. And I knew if I said something, not so much to avoid the argument, but I wanted to be heard, Right. So more than being right, I wanted to be heard. And I knew if I said it a certain way, he would feel like I was attacking him and he wouldn't hear what I was asking him for. 
And so I remember asking him to support me in something. And so he was working on his own project and he wasn't able to support me because of his projects. And I remember now what I wanted to say was, I don't ask you for a whole lot. And when I asked you to do something, the least you could do is do it. Right. <laughs> that's what that's what I wanted to say, right? But he wouldn't have heard me. So what I said was, babe, if you all I got, and when I come to you, you won't support me, where do I go to get support? Mm. I need to know where do I go for support if you all I have and you can't be there for me. And he heard me. We have to ask ourselves, like, be intentional. What is it that you really want? Do you want to be right? <laughs> or do you want to be heard? Because if you coming in masculine energy and you coming in like a dude, he going to respond to you like a dude. But if you want to be heard, you got to drop down into your feminine power. You got to use wisdom and knowledge and soften him up. You have to. Right. It's about being heard, not being right. And no, you want to be right. You want to be heard because I was right to be mad if you ask me. But I wanted to be heard. And so I want you to think about that because a lot of things that we go through, if we use wisdom, we can change the outcome and the response we get from them. Okay, Valley. Right. That's good. But Valley, you've tapped into that as well. Changing up your conversation, um, being intentional, knowing what to say and how to say. So you actually utilize that as well. Yes. Yes. You want to share anything um, about it or like the benefits or... <laughs> look, look, the benefits are love, peace, and harmony. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's 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 so true. See, when again you you were you were talking, you you mentioned about the conversations, right? Yes. So again, it for me it goes back to the conversation in my mind because again, when mm. you come from something, right, that's familiar, yes. but now you're stepping into unfamiliar territory, yes. you, you gotta remind yourself that this is not that and that is not this so we're, we're doing something new and you yes. have to continue to remind yourself that because i always say you could prophesy negativity you could prophesy positivity right so yes. what are your thoughts you got to take captive of your thoughts and one thing i began to play with god showed me because you know we have triggers right when, mm -hmm. when you when you when you've gone through you have some triggers and and when i started recognizing my triggers I, I prayed to god to show me how to heal those triggers so i began to as an example there were certain conversations that i never wanted to have because i knew it would turn into something else so i remember like thinking okay well in the past this conversation went this way but i thank you god that when i presented it's going to go this way and the conversation is going to be good and, da, da, da. and i remember that's what it was because mm. that's what i believed so for me again that that made the atmosphere one of love peace and harmony because again it starts with your with your thoughts and if i'm doing the work then i need to see some fruit right mm. <laughs> You know, if we're doing the work, then we need to see some fruit. And again, it's not about what the other person is or isn't doing. You have to be responsible for yourself because at the end of the day, the other person may not even have the 
capability mm. to really understand it all, you know, but we're yeah. responsible for ourselves. I, yes. I, Valerie, I'm responsible for my healing. It's not yes. up to anybody else. I have to heal yes. myself. And I believe that God gives us the direction to do that. Right. Yeah. We have to do it. This is, that's why I like, we're here to grow, to, to heal and to love and to yes. be one. And so the relationships that we're in, it's not by happenstance. There is something to be learned. Th this is good. Valerie, you said something. <laughs> we should have copyrighted this, honey, because they still, any of your quotes, I'm going to help you. <laughs> you said we have to be responsible for healing ourselves. We do. And oftentimes, we believe the person that hurt us is responsible for healing us. Mm -mm. And so people are not being healed. Mm. You know, and so when you say that, that is powerful. Mm -hmm. um, like, just say it again and just elaborate on we are responsible for healing ourselves. Right, right, right. Someone made a comment, life lessons will teach you if you learn from it and do better and be yes. better. Right, right. It's truth. You know, I, you, you, we have a choice. So whatever we're going through, we can either, okay, take that and be bitter yes, and be mad and angry and have a hardened heart. Or we can say, okay, I may not like this situation. I may not like what's going on, but this is my truth. Yeah, I'm going to own it. And I think. Right, you may never get an apology, right? Yes. That's and guess what? Stop looking for it because at the yes. end, of the day, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Like, I'm yes. not looking for, for you, you got to get to the point where, like, I'm not looking for anything from you. I am so focused on whatever God is doing in and through me, I, do, I don't even have time for all of that, right? It's like you become like the ego. You are flying high above all the BS. <laughs> That's what it is. This is good because as you were talking, I literally began to visualize. Um, we go to the doctor because we're looking for the doctor to do something, right? But what would happen if we tapped into what is like at the root cause of why we're sick or why our body is not Hopefully people will join back. I apologize. My phone literally overheated and the emergency thing came on. So I now have the window crack and the fan right on it. Um, Valerie asked to join again. Maybe that's just how hot the conversation got. Okay. I apologize. I have the fan, the window open. Um, let me turn off some lights. But yeah. Valerie, just continue. You were getting ready to go in. That's why. <laughs> like, literally, it, my phone went black and said emergency. And I was like, what? And it was oh, like the no. temperature. Yes. Oh, my so, gosh. I'm like, right. I, but I said you was going in hard. That's what happened. It was, we was about to hear something. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah, it was, it was good. 
So again, the reason for this, right? Because my car right. has never overheated. I'm in my house. <laughs> it ain't that hot in Richmond, California, y'all. It's like seven <laughs> degrees. Um, but again, the reason for this is for us to really be able to identify what verbal abuse is and to do something about it. Uh, because it does impact our lives, whether it's short-term or long-term. Valerie, because you are Valerie the Encourager, <laughs> I want you to speak to the woman who is in a relationship, whether it's verbal, mental, emotional, or physical abuse, with little children, and doesn't believe that she can leave. Um, whose self-esteem, her confidence, um, her mindset, like he has stripped her down mm. to the bare minimum. Mm. I want you to encourage the woman who feels like there's no way out. Mm. And as bad as it seems, I'm afraid that if I leave, it'll get worse. Mm. For the woman who's holding on to guilt for staying in it, shame for being called out of her name, embarrassment because the person that she loves is abusing her. Mm. To the person who can't tell her mother, can't tell her father, can't tell her friend because she's afraid to be judged. Thank you, Lord. To mm. the person who goes to work and they have no idea what it took to get to work. Mm. And that work is the only place of safety. And that when I return home, I'm greeted with a fist mm. or I'm called out of my name. To the woman who can't even enjoy sleep because he may physically or sexually abuse her. Oh, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, 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 Father God, I just thank you tonight. I know you said you speak to this woman, Lord, hallelujah, but I thank you for the power of prayer. I thank you that it is the power of prayer that kept me. So to the woman who is here tonight, Lord, I thank you for her. I thank you that she is your daughter. I thank you that she is your queen. I thank you that she is your child, hallelujah. I thank you that absolutely no weapon formed against her shall prosper. Greater is he who was in her than he who was in this world. I thank you, Father God, for touching her right now. I thank you for a divine intervention. I thank you for keeping her. I thank you that I'm speaking to her because I am her. I was her. I thank you, Lord, that you have a purpose and a plan for her life. I thank you, Father God, that your hand of protection is over her and her children right now as we speak. I thank you, Father God, for changing her thoughts, for changing her mind. I thank you, Father God, for giving her, hallelujah, a vision. I thank you for her faith. Faith is being sure of what she hopes for and certain of what she does not yet see. I 
thank you, Father God, for touching her right now. I decree and declare, Father God, that you have something awesome and amazing for her life. I thank you, Father God, for an escape route, dear Lord. I thank you for resources from the north, the south, the east, and the west. I thank you, Father God, for her powerful testimony. I thank you, dear Lord, hallelujah, that you have something awesome and amazing for her because she is beautiful. She is powerful. She is love. She is joy. She is hope. And she deserves everything that you have for her. Keep her, Lord. Hold her. I thank you for her right now. Hallelujah. Father God, use her for your purpose and your glory. And I say this in your mighty and precious name, in Jesus' name. Amen. Now to that woman, you have to know without a shadow of a doubt that you were created to be loved. You have to know without a shadow of a doubt that you were created to, to walk in love, not to walk in fear, but to walk in faith. And I, again, I say this because I am that woman. Each time that I left, God gave me wings, God gave me strength, and God gave me power. I had to be strategic about my moves, so I thank God for speaking to you right now. If your desire is to leave, there is a plan. You have to believe the plan. And remember, fear is false evidence appearing real. When I tell you this, this is my testimony. When I got my mind right, when I got my mind together, my husband at the time put money on the table for me to go get an apartment. That was God because that was something I thought would never happen. That was God. Not only did he give me the money, but he helped me move. That was God. Yes. So when I changed my thoughts, when I believed something greater for myself, the that's when things changed for me. You have to believe what you don't see. Faith. Don't just say it. Faith is being sure of what I hope for and certain of what I do not yet see. When I took the first step, when I tell you there were resources from the north, the south, the east, and the west, there were people started giving me money. I didn't ask for it. There were doors that opened because I said yes to my life. I said yes to Valerie. So you got to know there's always somewhere to go. See, the abuser intimidates you with fear. The abuser intimidates you with words. But God will reveal to you that the abuser is hurt. Hurt people hurt people. And it's yeah. often the child. It's the spirit of a child. Because they're just having grown up temper tantrums. Mm. Nine times out of ten, depending on the relationship, it's talk. All of it's not physical. Again, there's, they're, they're not always physical. And, and it's the verbal. Verbal hurts. But what I'm telling you is... They are hurting. They are walking in fear. You have to believe something greater for you. And once you do that, things will change. Doors will open up. Because the one thing you don't want to happen, especially when you have children, is your children to end up in foster care. You don't want that. You don't want that. So I just thank God that you're, thank God you're not alone. You're not alone. There are programs. There are services. Um, there are people who are waiting and willing to help. But you have to believe by faith. And again, you have to be strategic. I'm not saying, because again, I don't know what your situation may be. But you have to thank God. Just say it right now. I thank you, God. I thank you. I thank you for the plan. I thank you for this the strategic plan. I thank you for delivering me from this. 
And then believe it for yourself. Mm -hmm. Believe it for yourself. There was um, uh, uh, something that came up. I didn't see it. I saw it. So it said, what advice would you give someone who's co-parenting? So I'm assuming that um, even if they do leave, I guess they're co-parenting and they're still verbal or mental emotional abuse and they need to interact with the, on the behalf of the child. So, so again, I don't know how extreme it is, but I'll tell you what I did when I, when I did leave, I immediately got full custody of my children. That's, that's one thing I did. Um, and I blocked my phone number <laughs> because the, the, the abuser um, is like a blood sucking vampire. So they're, they're going to continue to do what they know. So no matter what, you could say the sky is blue and, and that's going to turn into something else, especially when children are involved. So I had to set boundaries, like you're not coming to my place. Um, and even if I had to send a text message or communicate through, through um, another family member, but for me and him at the time, it was not healthy. So I had to stop all contact. I'm not saying it was easy, but it was possible. Okay. So you have like to stop. Mediator. Right. You, you have to stop the contact because most of the time it, they're trying to find a way and they use the children to try to get back into mm. the relationship. So you have to understand that, like, that's usually what it is. <laughs> you know, let me say something to you and it'll either turn into an argument or some or manipulation. Mm, that's, that's good. That's good. And I know that this is a very touchy, sensitive um, subject and that people may not have felt comfortable posting a question. Valerie, how can someone contact you outside of Periscope to have a conversation or to ask a question that they're not comfortable posting here? Thank you, Latanya. So feel free, you can reach out to me if you have a question. Um, and I'd also like to offer you um, a complimentary Own Your Truth strategy session. And you can reach out to me on my website at uh, www.ValerieCThompson. Or you can follow me on Facebook. So I think she just, the enemy, the, the enemy is trying to, okay, here she go, right here. All right. Okay, I'm waiting for her to ask a join. And then when she asks a join, I'm going to connect her. Um, every time again, look at the enemy. We ain't never had no problems. So again, um, if you have questions that you do not feel comfortable, Valerie's going to provide you her information. She's going to also give you a, okay, her phone had rang. She's going to also give you a complimentary strategy session so she can go a little deeper um, because each situation is different. And depending on what county, what city, state you're in, there's different resources. I am also going to, can she put the email in the chat? Okay, I'll have her do that. Um, I'm going to also be available, um, to coach you on rewriting your story. Um, if it's not maybe domestic abuse, but other stuff that you're dealing with, we want to make sure that you have what you need to get through this process to reach out to me. You would just simply, I'm going to put mine in there when she comes back on. Um, but mine is, you can go to www.LatanyaThompson.com. And then you could book a strategy session with me. And I'm going to type it in as well. I was trying to come back on. 
Um, do you guys have any more questions, concerns? This was good. Is there another form of domestic abuse that you would like to have addressed, like physical or emotional? Okay. Okay, so she just posted it back in there. She may not be able to join us. Valerie, are you able to join us if you can type it in the chat so that I know if you're coming back on? Okay. I'm not sure if I got mine correct. Okay, so there's my information. You can go to my website, go under book me, do a um, complimentary strategy session, and um, we'll take it from there. Thank you guys so much for joining. I am full on tonight with all the information that we were able to cover with all the questions that we were able to answer. Um, again, we want to support you through the process. So if there's additional questions that you have, please, um, can I come up? You want to join us? Okay. Do join and then I'm going to connect you. So we have one person coming up. She's been on tonight. She's going to be the only person I allow to join. And then we're going to close out for tonight. But stay, um, if you're not following me, please follow me. We will continue to have conversation about identifying the knee on your neck. Okay. It said it was canceled. Let me see if she comes back on. Bear with us for one second. I want to give her the opportunity Thanking God for all of you. God has amazing plans for all of us. Stay encouraged. Thank you, Valerie, the encourager. Give me like 30 more seconds. Okay, here she goes. Here we go. Okay, perfect. Hi. Can you hear me? Hi, yes, I can hear you. Where are you? Now, where are you I'm from? Are you in California or what state? No, I'm in Baltimore. In Baltimore. How are you doing this evening? I'm doing fabulous, actually. I just had a slice of um, blueberry cake while I was listening in and being delivered, and I appreciate it all. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. I think this is such a, um, a really, really important um, topic, especially with everything that's going on today and all of the um, revelation that we're getting from all aspects of situations that are happening within this time. And I really know that our children that are coming up are being impacted um, from the outside world as well as the households. And the households are not understanding that we have to be stronger, smarter, um, more involved in what's being um, perceived through our children's eyes and also what's being shown to them on a daily basis. Mm. And I don't think that we understand that times have changed so much and so quickly yes. that we have to now understand that the way my mom and pop pop used to do it ain't working no more at all. And that we are actually hindering and holding back our future yes. because they are our future. We yes. have them, we raise them, and then in turn, they turn around and have to take care of us to a certain aspect. Yes. And if you're not teaching them 
what's important as far as physical, mentally, emotionally, financially, spiritually, mm -hmm. they will not be equipped to do what is necessary. Yes. The fathers are needed. Yes. We love men. We love Jesus. But they do not know their role anymore. They are losing their place. And we have no choice but to stand up in our own femininity, yes. which they are not understanding that some of us are going to come off a little bit masculine because we're not being caressed anymore. And so we really need our men to step up. And we, we really want our men to step up like we want to be strong women in our own rights but we also want a stronger man because i believe that certain parts of the bible teaches us that the men are the one who actually teach the children mm -hmm. and yeah. they are not doing that anymore right and Thank so th that brings so many issues Latanya's phone number is 510-314-8332. Her email address is info at And her website is latanyathompson.com. That's L-A-T-A-N-Y-U-A-Thompson.com.